0: Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint Podcast with your host, Brad Johnson. Brad's the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, the largest independent insurance brokerage company in the U.S., he's also a regular contributor to Investment News, The Wall Street Journal, and other industry publications.
1: Welcome to the Elite Advisor Blueprint, the podcast for world-class financial advisors. I'm Brad Johnson, VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, and it's my goal to distill the best ideas and advice from top thought leaders and apply it to the world of independent financial advising. In today's conversation, we've got a little bit of a special one. With everything related to COVID-19, it seems like every day, every couple days, it's almost like a whole new world that we're navigating. And so with that in mind, I ask my good friend, Casey Weed, someone who I've known a decade plus to hop on as our guest today. He's a sought after retirement planning professional. He's a CFP. He's a speaker, CEO of a national financial services firm, Howard Bailey. He hosts the Retire With Purpose radio show, TV show, podcast. He's been experimenting with webinars recently. But the main reason I wanted to bring Casey onto the show today is we're all faced almost overnight with having to transition our very brick and mortar financial services practices into almost 100% virtual, something we never would have thought. We all had kind of been exploring how to do that. Now we're all in it. And so I wanted to bring Casey on because this is a world he's been exploring over the last year plus, has one of the most successful financial advisor podcasts on the internet drove over $10 million of assets virtually, 100% virtually, never met with them last quarter. So he comes on here and shares some great insight to help you advisors out there trying to navigate and transition in a very short amount of time. Casey also had a Wall Street Journal bestseller, job optional as well. So the guy's doing big things. I think you're really going to enjoy today's conversation. It's obviously very well-timed for what we're all facing right now. Uh, Three big takeaways. Number one, you know, one of the things that I think about is with adversity and crisis comes opportunity. One of my mentors once said, ask yourself what does this make possible. And Casey shares a story his youngest son had a rare congenital a heart defect that required extended hospital stays just after he was born. And Casey almost overnight had to completely rework his firm to not just depend on him being there. Said it was one of the toughest times he's ever dealt with, but in hindsight, his business is in a much better place today. So I think it's a great analogy with what many of us are facing right now, literally overnight having to completely rework how our firm works. But if we look out, what could this make possible down the road? Number two, we get into how to use virtual appointments to scale your advisory firm, why you're missing a massive opportunity if you're not running online meetings, Uh, also how to move assets virtually as well. And then number three, as I mentioned earlier, Casey onboarded six clients over 10 million in assets without a single in-person visit. In fact, one of his largest, highest net worth individuals still has not met him personally. He reveals his framework, including the tools he used and the digital marketing strategy to make it happen. Okay. So before we get to the show, I've been thinking really deeply. I mean, we've all had a a huge opportunity to do that lately with uh, being confined to our homes. So hopefully that means more time with the people you love, your family members. I know I'm looking at all of the additional days I get with my kids. So with that in mind, I've seen a lot of people stepping up. And one of the things that I think shows a person's true character is how they show up during times of adversity. And with that in mind, I want to give back to you all. Uh, You've supported this podcast over the last handful of years. I've got listeners in the US, Canada, the UK, Australia, Australia. I had a, one advisor comment from China that was listening over there. So it's completely blown me away. But one of the things I thought is, thankfully, I've got a lot of experience here. I literally built my whole coaching business virtually via Zoom calls, phone calls, basically virtual coaching. So I think many of you are struggling with how to make that transition. So I'm going to host a free call. It's limited to 500. So if we cap out, we'll do another one. But it's how to run a financial advisor practice virtually. By the way, it's 100% free. We'll do it via Zoom. We're going to cover transitioning your marketing from brick and mortar to digital, hosting appointments virtually, moving assets electronically. Also, we're going to set up a private Facebook group. It's open to any advisors, your team members, whoever you want to add. There will be a link right at the top of the show notes, bradleyjohnson.com forward slash 71. And I think we can all get better and navigate this together. Once again. How to Run a Financial Advisor Practice Virtually. We're going to host a free call. And once you go to the website, it'll give you the dates and then also join the Facebook group and we'll make sure all upcoming calls are posted in there as well. And bottom line, I'm just going to listen. So whatever you all need help with, we'll figure it out. We'll bring in some experts. I've got, thankfully, a good network of people that have built their entire businesses online. So we'll see how it goes. But I just want to give back to everyone out there as a thank you for helping build this podcast. And we'll navigate this uh, new world altogether. So that's it. Once again, to sign up, head over to bradleyjohnson.com forward slash 71. All of the details will be right there at the top of the page via a graphic that's clickable. And that's it. As always, thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Casey Weed. Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint. I have special guest Casey Weed here with me today. Welcome to the show, Casey. Hey,
0: what's up, Brad? Glad to be here. Just hanging out with a buddy, having a good conversation. So we
1: always bring a lot of value to each other. So we just get to spread it around to the world. I'm not going to lie, I woke up this morning and I don't know if you remember the TV show. You might be too young, Casey, but uh, the TV show Lost. You remember the guy that was like self quarantined, where the only thing he had to do each day was like get up and go like punch in those numbers so the world didn't explode? That, that's kind of <laughs> yes. how I feel right now. I, I woke up, I had to go to the Peloton, not going to the gym. And so oh, I've binge watched every single season of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm that dude. I forget his name. It's been so long ago. But you'll notice the backdrop's a little different here. But this kind of felt like a little bit of a family reunion this morning. It was you and me and Emily, who produces both of our podcasts. So um, yeah, I'm just excited to dive in. I think right now, let's see, it's the day after St. Patrick's Day that we record this. So March 18th. And the world's changed a lot over the last week or so. And so I just wanted to dive in. And this is... I'm going to kind of... Title this a special episode, kind of around the coronavirus, COVID 19, whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line, the reason I wanted to pull you on today's show is of all of the offices that I work with all over the country, I think you're one of the guys that's a bit ahead of this with your firm, the way you market, the way that you can run appointments virtually. And so I want to dive into that a little bit today. But before I do, what I really appreciate about you is the mindset that you approach life with that you approach parenthood with, being a husband with. And so let's start there. One of my mentors, he once said, whenever you're faced with adversity, rather than asking yourself, why me? You should flip that around and say, what does this make possible? And I know you're a guy that approaches life the same way. I've seen it in how you run your business, how you run your life. So what are your thoughts just around this current situation for financial advisors out there when it comes to helping people that are really in a time of need right now, but how do you stay positive? How do you keep the mindset in the right place during this time period?
0: I've got to say, you know, Monday morning this week. So we're recording this on Wednesday right now, March 18th. And you know, when I got up Monday morning, I was excited. I mean, I was alive, you know. And I I walked into uh, the office and uh, I had a big team meeting. And and we've got this big uh, office space where you know my office kind of perches over top of everybody else. I've got these you know sea of cubicles and offices below me, and everybody's gathered around. And and I am just up, right? I'm just excited because this is such a great opportunity for us to turn coal into diamonds, right? Everything, you know, diamonds are created out of pressure. And I, I think uh, when I look back throughout my life, anytime you've seen an unprecedented event, it's led to massive growth, right? It's led to massive personal growth. It's led to massive business growth. And that's how I view these situations. And it's also for us, you know, as you said, we are in a really good position. We've been doing a lot of digital marketing for a long time. We, we've we got a good portion, roughly 20% of our appointments were already being conducted online uh, in some way, shape, or form. And so we were very well prepared for this. And I've been through these kind of unprecedented events in my personal life. And this is one of the things uh, we recently recorded a webinar around the coronavirus. And I kicked off that webinar just saying, you know, every single time we hear something bad, you know, they say it's unprecedented. And sure, yeah, it might be unprecedented. And it usually is, but there's usually a, we've all experienced these unprecedented situations throughout our lifetime, and and I go back to when we first found out our son, our youngest son, now Carver was. We went in to get an ultrasound. We got the ultrasound, saw the you know very concerned look on the uh, nurse's face, and she just kind of shut. The machine off, and you are like, "Well, what's going on?" And then they rushed us out. You know, took us over to a different physician, sat us down in their office, and he said, "You know, your son's going to be born with a very rare congenital defect that is going to be life-threatening. It's going to change your life." And you know, in that moment, you know, I was terrified right and i think mm-hmm. you know most people are going to be terrified when they see the market lose you know 10% a day right and mm-hmm. but there are ways to get through that and you know for me yes, I was terrified. I didn't know what was going to happen. How's he? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to come out all in one piece? Is he going to survive at all? And what's this look like for a business? What's this look for our, like for our life? And through just taking the steps of educating myself by seeing different professionals, doing my own research and experiencing it and just relying on my faith along the way, we came out better than ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think what makes this very unique is it's one thing if we were all just experiencing the economic turbulence and volatility that's basically, as we look back over the last two weeks, I mean, it's been all over the place, but we've also got the health side of this. For most of us, you, know, mo- you as well as many of the other clients that I work with, advisors all over the country, this is their target demographic that's mm. most susceptible mm-hmm. to this from a health standpoint, right? And so... I really look at if you're in this industry and if you're actually doing your job and you're passionate about it and driven, this is the time to lean in 10 times harder because your clients need you more now than they ever have before. And if you just kind of check it in and say, well, can't go out, can't have people into my office because we're all quarantined, which... I have a feeling will happen in the next week or two if this continues to play out as it has Italy you're really doing your clients a disservice and that's where a lot of this conversation I want to go with you know kind of the digital transformation how do you go from if you're marketing with seminars to transitioning to webinars if you're meeting face to face conducting conversations over zoom like we are right now but before we do I want to go into a little bit of that story you just hit with your son carver because that's scary I have three kids and just hearing you say That you're in the ultrasound and the, you know, the nurse like has a distraught look on her face. My heart sunk just hearing that because I immediately go to my kids. What would I do if something like that happened in our lives? So let's go to how you had to evolve your business very quickly, because at the time it was kind of the Casey Weed show a bit, right? You were kind of the lead advisor, doing big numbers, running a lot of events, seminars, radio show, TV show. And within a matter of months you had transitioned to a point where I think you were pretty much full-time in a hospital with your son and with your wife for what? Three, six months? I mean, it was an extended period. Can you go through that story and that transition? Because I think even though that's a different thing, there's principles and lessons that I think a lot of advisors can get out of that of, hey, a lot of people are facing that in their business right now. I see everyone face-to-face. How do I snap my fingers? And now... I'm able to see them virtually. There's gonna be some change there that's gonna be difficult for people. Yeah.
0: Well, and that kind of started this virtual journey for me was uh going through that experience. You know, the the physician basically told us if we stayed in our hometown, we live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So it's not a small town. We've got about, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand, you know, population and we've got pretty good medical facilities as well. But i uh, basically said if you stay here, your son will not make it. Mm. And you know, there's some good hospitals in Indianapolis. You know, if we go down there, you know, you've know you got about a 50-50 chance that he survives. And across the country, there weren't any specialists. There, there were some specialist physicians uh, that specialized in CDH, but there was only one team that uh, treated that particular congenital defect in that team. Luckily it was located in Cincinnati, which isn't too far away. You know, we've got a pretty good drive. I mean, it was far enough that there's no way I'm making it back into the office, right? Mm-hmm. We're going from Fort Wayne to Cincinnati. And I knew, you know, the business has to change dramatically and pretty quickly. I mean, you could almost say it was overnight because we found this out in around September. And then uh, we were going to have to relocate in about three months or so from that period of time that we found out. And prior to that, I'd never taken more than a two week vacation. And, yeah, I've probably, at that point, I've you know, probably been in the business, uh, in the financial planning business for, say, 7 or 8 years. We had a pretty good practice at the time of you know maybe 10, 12 staff members doing around, say, $50, 60000000 in, in annual production. And so we had a good-sized business, but I was running pretty much all of the meetings. I was probably running about 80% of the face-to-face visits that we had in the office and pretty much most of the, the closing appointments as well. So most of the opportunities to create a new client were being met by me. And I was also running the company, right? And you know, at that time I was I really was doing I had my hands in everything. Right there there wasn't anything that I wasn't some in some way, shape, or evolve. You know, I was director of operations, I was chief marketing officer, I was the CFO, I was the, the chief financial advisor. I mean I was doing absolutely everything and I knew in order for a business to continue to run, I was gonna have to make a shift. And so I needed to put leadership in place. I needed to, you know, hand off thanks to uh, an advisory team. I had to staff up. I, we hired uh, a few people during that period of time to replace myself. I was doing all of the live events. So all of the, the seminars, which was our by far our number one source of new business, I was doing all of those seminars. And I knew I was going to have to offload that as well. And so I did that. And by the time we got down to Cincinnati, uh, we were living down there and I pretty much, I didn't really, I really wasn't involved in the business, but maybe a couple hours a day on average. You know, just kind of making phone calls back up, checking in with people, but really just focused on being there with my family. And that's what they needed. And really, that's what I needed, as well as to really be there with them. And in that first quarter, so we moved down end of December. In the first quarter of 2017, um, we had doubled production. So we were growing at a faster pace without me than with me. And that made me go, oh my gosh! You know, maybe I should leave more often. And I I came back and I did say, I said, you guys are killing it without me. So I I just decided I'm not coming in the office anymore. But they didn't like that. But I think there is a lesson in there to be learned too. That you know, as leaders, especially if you're you're an ambitious leader, you're driven, you're always thinking about new things to implement, new things to get done. You're driving your team into the ground on a daily basis as you're always trying to change things. Sometimes they just need some time to catch up. And so, you know, now I've built some of that time in my calendar where I'll say, all right, I'm going to leave for a month in the summer. I'm going to leave for a month in the winter and just give the time that the staff needs to catch up. I think they really appreciate that. And the business itself appreciates it as well.
1: Hmm. Well, let's go into the, that was what, 2017. So right around, right at three years ago. Right. Yeah. Yep. You um, just and turned three your business years, looking back those three years, you've
0: doubled essentially. In three yeah. Years. We've roughly doubled since that period of time. Uh, brought in around 120
1: million in new assets in 2019. Mm-hmm. There's a huge lesson there. I- I've heard this around goal setting. I think it applies to this story as well that if you're not a little bit scared when you set that goal, then it's probably not a very good goal. You haven't kind of reached or stretched yourself far enough. And I think that. My guess is you felt very stretched and you were reaching as you were kind of going through that transition time period. But now you look back three years later, you look over your shoulder. Would you have it any other way today now that you've got a team of what, four four or five advisors on the team that are all, they're essentially running like a well-oiled machine now? Yeah, we've got seven advisors on the seven.
0: team. We've got a staff that's approaching thirty. I think we'll be at thirty here within the next thirty to sixty days. And we've got a leadership team in place. We've got you know CMO, COO, yeah, you know, CCO uh, that's starting here in the next couple of weeks. And you know all of these different people that we have, it's just it's so freeing for me. I mean, I just love what I do more today than I ever have because I'm really operating and yeah, you. Know, you and I have been a strategic coach for some time now. And Dan Sullivan talks about your unique ability. What, what gets you excited every single day? And, and for me, I love to perform. You know, I, I love mm-hmm. to be behind the camera. I love to to be behind a mic. And I love to lead. I love to develop vision. I love to coach. And this has put me in that position where that's all I'm doing every day. And, and I don't like to be out at night when I could be home by, with my family. So mm-hmm. I'm not doing any more evenings. Always taking Friday off. Usually leaving the office at 4, coming in at 9. It's really put me in a position that I just... I'm in a a dream job and it didn't happen overnight and and I think that's one of the risks that a lot of advisors have in listening to a podcast like this or hearing, you know, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollar, you know, producer talk from stage. They go, Oh, well I want to do that, and you know, not realizing how much pain and and hard work it took to get to that point. Right? I mean, there were the days that I was working, you know, seven days a week, twelve hours a day, and I just I, I don't have to do that anymore. But it's because I put in the time in the first place. And I would also say, you know, I, I'm sitting here, I'm 33 years old, and it really pains me to see advisors that have. Been in this business for 30, 40 years, doing the same thing over and over again, working like that over and over again, and not just saying, all right, well, what can I do to change my life? Because there are things you can do to change your life and put you in a position that you can
1: love what you do every single day. Yeah. So let's go there. I was just doing a kind of what I would call an emergency Zoom meeting. I think I had 50 advisors on 50. Well, I had 50 attendees. It was probably 30 or 40 offices. This was a few days ago. And it was around the pain of, well, hey, my local restaurant, they literally shut down and I had a seminar there next Thursday. What should I do? Uh, Hey, I just had a client that was supposed to come in and meet with me. They called and canceled because they're concerned about the coronavirus and they don't want to expose themselves and be out in the public. Very uh, real concern right now. So going back to what does this make possible? And speaking of those advisors that have been doing this 30 or 40 years, I've been doing this a decade plus now, consulting advisors all over the country. And one of the things that I hear is I want freedom. I want to create a business that you know runs smoothly, whether I'm there or not. And I see this as a huge opportunity for those that lean in a little bit and are open to change and willing to put in some work. Because now your clients are being trained. They have to meet you virtually, right? And so imagine if over the next three to six months, however long this thing takes to play out, imagine if now you've transitioned all of your existing clients and your prospects to meeting just like we're recording this podcast today via Zoom. And now you have the freedom. You're like, you know what? I'm going to spend a couple of weeks on the beach and you know, nine to noon, I'm going to do some virtual appointments. I've got a Wi-Fi connection. I'm going to be in a beach chair. I'm going to pop open the laptop, throw in the headphones. Imagine how freeing that would be for so many advisors out there. And so from a mindset standpoint, if we flip the script and say, what does this make possible? I think that these are unprecedented times that we're dealing with, but at the same time, unprecedented opportunities because once again, they need you more now so than they ever have before. <laughs> Thoughts on let's go to the how you've transitioned to some of the Zoom stuff because I want to get to kind of some of the meat there.
0: Well, I want to talk about what you said there. You know, this is what I was so excited about. So I just want to talk about you know why I was so excited in this realm. Like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to be confined. Fantastic. Did we have to cancel some events? Sure. You know, we canceled a live event. We canceled a a major client event. Did we lose some money there? Sure. But you know, that's just part of business. And I knew immediately. You know, we're in a better position in the markets that we operate in. There's nobody operating and utilizing you know online meetings or web... I don't know anybody in either of the markets we operate out of that are doing webinars. Nobody is doing a podcast. I don't know anyone that is regularly running appointments like this or knows how to or even has yeah. anybody in their funnel that's used to meeting like this so i knew one we can leverage that right we have a killer radio ad going out right now we've got a we've got all over our you know signage you know that you know meet us from the comfort of your own home you don't have to leave the house you can take 30 minutes sit down with the certified financial planner and get your questions answered while they're going, I'm not going to go see my advisor, but hey, you know, Casey's team over here, they've got the ability to meet online. I'm going to go ahead and meet with them. Yeah, you know, even if those other advisors are trying to scramble to say, hey, we do that, you know, they don't know how. They, they've got mm-hmm. so much to learn before they actually get to the point. And, and what about their clients? They don't even, they've never done that before. They're not used to meeting online. And so one, I think we had a really big competitive advantage. We had an opportunity to do a lot of business in a short period of time because we had that unique positioning. And then on the other side, it's not that this is an easy thing to do either. I mean, this, there have been challenges. And I'd say the biggest challenge for us in meeting online is that you know, still, you know, that demographic, that retiree demographic, you know, they're not... There's probably only ten to twenty percent that are really maybe less than that. You know, there's a, a small portion of our demographic, you know, in that retiree retiree segment that's really comfortable, and then then there's an even smaller portion of that you know demographic that's ever actually been on a virtual meeting in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if we have this period of time of months where people are confined, they don't have the ability to meet with their financial advisor. You know, eventually they're going go, all right i'll go ahead and bite the bullet i'll meet them online and now we've got people across the country very quickly getting comfortable conducting business online that's a switch that could flip and completely change the trajectory of our business because we are uh, very much present on a national scale we've got tons of you know we've got thousands of listeners across the country but you know, they may have never picked up the phone before now, I think we'll see that really just skyrocket as people we get more and more comfortable with meeting online.
1: And I'm just thrilled. Yeah. It's, I don't
0: know uh, that I answered your question, but I just had to say, no, to me, just, those are the two just things gonna, so We're going to let
1: the conversation go wherever <laughs> it goes. Uh, there's a couple of things you said there that I want to hit on. I don't know as a financial advisor that markets. Uh, we were just sharing this the other day with a group on a group mastermind call like this, your marketing will not change. And what I mean by that is the Mm -hmm. things that have worked historically will always work. Direct response mail, as long as the post office does not shut down and your mail is actually getting delivered, that will still work. I would argue it will be much more effective because the eyeballs are there because everybody's freaking out about volatility right now and what's going on. So I think response rates will go up. I think to your point, radio ads, People will actually probably be listening to the radio more now so than ever because they're in the home. Talk Radio, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to have the radio on in the background. TV, everybody's tuned into this right now. What are the latest updates? So you will never have more attention and eyeballs, I don't think. Facebook, once again, scrolling through what's going on if you're running Facebook ads. The only thing that changes is where do you meet them at? Mm-hmm. So no longer do you run an ad that says, come to my event at Roos Chris next Thursday. Now you transition from the brick and mortar to the digital. And digital is a webinar on Zoom or whatever other platform you run it. And now you have a digital meeting place that they can all show up. Same thing with meetings. Rather than coming into your office, now it's a digital. And I would even argue the guys that get ahead of this and the gals that get ahead of this, you can flip the messaging of guess what? Just because we can't see you face-to-face, we're not taking a couple months off. In fact, we know you need our help more now than ever. And so, therefore, we're going to do whatever it takes to make it as easy as possible. Flip open your laptop as long as you have an internet connection. We'll meet you right from your kitchen table. Only downside, you have to provide the coffee versus us. There's a second downside there. I always say, you know,
0: we really have all the tools at our disposal. It's more efficient than, you know, you driving here or us sitting down, you know, and having a meeting in our office. We just can't hug. Yeah. And we're huggers.
1: So that's that's kind of the unfortunate downside. But right now, we're not supposed to hug. So this is perfect. Yeah. Well, and I think (laughs) to this conversation, if you're just real and honest and say, hey, we're doing everything we can. There's a video feed that feels very conversational right now. But guess what? Six months? When this all kind of blows over, and you can come into the office, we're going to throw a massive client party to get to meet everyone in person, you know, but right now, this is the best we can do. And I just think being real with people right now is so important, but I think people will really appreciate, to your point, Casey, so many advisors, they're just gonna be like, "Well, I don't know how to do this. They're just going to throw in the towel <laughs> the ones that don't. Or they say yet. it's not possible. Uh, I can't close business online,
0: right? Uh, no, yeah. no, nobody's gonna, you know, you know transfer a million dollars without actually coming and seeing me in person. That's just it's uh, very yeah, well. You know,
1: you know, Brian. He's in our strategic coach class yeah. on the west coast. Uh, One point three million dollar prospect closed two days ago via Zoom. So it is possible. I want to get into some real, like, tangible takeaways for the audience here. So let's go. We were talking right before. Fourth quarter, correct any of these numbers I've got wrong. Fourth quarter, you all brought on six clients virtually. And I guess I'll paint a little color to this. So we nerded out on podcasting a little over a year ago. You got your show up and running. It's been ramping. I'm going to give you a serious plug. I'm not just saying this because you're a buddy. One of the best podcasts on the internet when it comes to a podcast for retirees, legit information. You do your homework, you don't mail it in. So For those that haven't checked out Casey's podcast, if you're looking for a great example, I'll put a link in the show notes, go check out an episode. And basically, so you've started to drive some digital appointments from your podcast, from your book release to where fourth quarter, six clients onboarded virtually 10 million of assets gathered approximately in the fourth quarter. Did I get those numbers right? Yeah, roughly. So let's go through the framework you've got your in-person appointment process. You have a systematic, you basically, you're a student of everything we've ever taught and you go implement it oftentimes before we it's even done coming out of our mouths. So you've got your proprietary process, which is kind of a three-step appointment process where you have a proprietary deliverable. So that's your in-person process. Tell me how you've translated that to the digital version, something like Zoom, how much has that changed? What were maybe the sticking points that advisors need to be aware of if they're trying to do the same?
0: I think we we feel like it needs to be different, but as you said earlier, your marketing doesn't change. I don't think your appointment process changes either. you know for the most part. you talk about doing seminars versus webinars and you do a seminar. You can do the same thing in a webinar, and it can still you know, be extremely effective. You know, especially instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. Oh, this has got to be done completely different. You know, we've got to keep it on just one very narrow topic. Let's just do social security, or let's just do you know the Secure Act. You know, just get started in the first place. And if that means you just need to take your seminar and repurpose it online in a webinar, then get started, and it'll be effective. Uh, and I think the same thing's true for the appointment process. Many times we overthink this and go. Oh, Oh, well, I'm going to have to completely reengineer the whole process. I need to draw up a document. No, you just need to get started. And we didn't change our process. We have our discovery visit. We have our strategy visit. We have our implementation visit. I think what's different with online meetings that I have found is uh, they do tend to draw out a little bit longer. And I think it, I couldn't say exactly why this is, but they tend to be shorter visits, right? It's harder to keep someone face to face online for two or three hours, right? And, and that can happen in an office environment. Our typical, you know, in office visit, you know, discovery strategy visits going to last around an hour and a half. Uh, If we're doing it online, it, it averages closer to an hour. And yeah, you know, we're, we're scheduling those visits for a shorter period of time. People tend to have a shorter, just attention span online, I find. And that means we typically are adding one more strategy visit until we're moving assets or creating a new client. So uh, that is still running the discovery, but typically we have two strategy visits and then we're moving assets at the end of the second uh, strategy visit. So kind of a, a, a three-step you know, process before we get to implementation, and then ultimately the the delivery. So uh, I, you know, basically, I'd say it's the same thing you're doing in office, maybe they're a little shorter visits, maybe it takes a little bit longer, but it's going to be more profitable too.
1: have you found back to the older age demographic, typically not being the most tech savvy. Zoom is is that the tool you're using to conduct the appointments?
0: Yeah, we've been using Zoom. Uh, previously, we used GoToMeeting. We switched to Zoom not all that long ago. It was just uh, not quite as clunky as the GoToMeeting. I know other uh, advisors use you know, different... You know, there's, there's all kinds of different services out there today that you could choose from. We've just gotten really comfortable with Zoom. And you know, as my staff, you know, this past Monday, they set out to convert all of our scheduled in-office uh, visits to Zoom visits. In that just one day, they were able to move 22 in-office appointments to Zoom visits. And some of the language I told him to use, uh, and I, I kind of stole this from Emily, who's on producing right now, and then Michael Hyatt before that. But uh, we had him go ahead and switch to saying, you know, if you can click on a cat video, then you can join us on a Zoom meeting. And uh, I just love that language. It's getting yeah, people to, it's to chuckle a little bit and it's getting them to hop online and just click the link, you know, just, just give it a chance, go ahead and click the link. And I truly believe those that, you know, Said, oh no, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'm also not comfortable coming into the office. We'll get them back, you know. And you know, depending on how long this continues, you know, if we really do get to two, three months of isolation, yeah, you know, they're going to schedule an online visit. And you know, that pressure is going to be uh, continuing to mount. And I just think that's another really big benefit for us in the long run as people just get more comfortable meeting online.
1: So yesterday, so Sarah's family is Irish heritage, my wife, Sarah. And so St. Patrick's Day is a huge holiday where typically their whole family gets together, you know, right. has a couple of green beers, all of the traditions. Yesterday we had the full family on Zoom. And so her parents are both, you know, over 60. And back to your point of, if you can click on a cat video, I mean, that's what I found is, you know, you might as your clients transition, maybe the first one, maybe you have an assistant call out five minutes before the schedule, get them the link, kind of walk them through how to click and get set up and make sure the mic's working or the video's working, but it shouldn't, it's really not that difficult. People figure it out pretty quick. Do you find most of the retirees, because it's, it's different when you've got a live video feed, like both, both of us have right now where you can actually see the non-verbals. Yeah. Do you find most of the retiree clients are they popping up video where you can actually see them, or are most of them just watching you one way? No, vast majority are going to be turning on their camera, really?
0: uh, and I think there's a huge benefit to that, as you said, with body language. But I think there's also just this sense, and there's been some research done on your proximity to a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the closer you get, the more personal it feels, and uh, you know, the closer you get to someone's home, I mean. I'm kind of sitting in one of your bedrooms right now, right? I mean, I'm in your house and we always ran visits. When I was first getting started, you know, running appointments, you know, everything was in somebody's home. And yeah. I always thought, man, it's so much easier to develop a relationship and do business in somebody's home. And then, you know, we we kinda get to the point where well it's so much easier to do business in our office. And now I think we're gonna make that next step, which it's so much easier to do business in someone's bedroom online. Yeah. <laughs> Digitally,
1: for sure. So this guy right here, Brian Miles who runs belay. One of the things, so he runs a virtual Virtual assistant EA's. Yeah. Mm. And his whole business, his whole team is a distributed workforce working from home. And one of the things that he said on our podcast, I'm probably going to have him on here pretty quick because he's an expert in how to run virtual teams, which is another thing that's on the kind of radar for everyone right now. But one of the things he said is he said, you know, you think that virtual is less intimate to your point though. He said, you're literally invited into somebody's home. So you can see this is our spare bedroom. <laughs> this is, we call it the mother-in-law suite at our house. But for me, it's become kind of my makeshift office as I work from home during this time period. And now you can, I mean, you're kind of a little bit in Brad's world right now. Just like, you know, I can see there's a Superman or something back there. I'm not sure what's on the, on the uh, desk behind you. <laughs> but, but you get these little hints of who people really are that you wouldn't get if you're in an office, kind of this sterile, neutral environment. So I think that's a really strong point. And I think, I mean, I've literally been in people's bedrooms while they're wearing their pajamas. (laughs) Those people are clients. (laughs) That's the other thing. Brian said, you have to be careful because... You never know who's going to walk behind you. So make sure they're fully clothed so that can be interesting too. But all right, so let's keep rolling. So you meet, you basically take your same appointment process. You convert that as closely as possible to the digital process, which the other thing long-term you're think of this as the next three to six months, you're now training your clients and prospects how to meet digitally they're probably not going to want to drive to your office unless it's yeah. some really important thing. It's like, hey, let's just do the review appointment via Zoom like we did the last mm-hmm. one. It's, it's so much more convenient. I don't want to go to my attorney's office, or my CPA's office. And I think this
0: generation, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you know, as a business owner, we're busy. We don't want to have to go to somebody. We don't have to drive there, sit there, deal with all the pleasantries. Just get me, you know, the answers and let's move on. And I think that's also probably part of the reason we're seeing higher average case sizes Mm -hmm. with our online visits. I mean, they are substantially higher. We are wrapping up one right now uh, that'll be around $10 million and all online and never met him face to face. never met face to face. And yet this is just a really busy guy runs a, a pretty uh, large company and does a lot of traveling. And he's just sharing this experience with all of his buddies that are business owners saying, Hey, mm-hmm. you can meet with these guys online and you're going to love the process.
1: Yeah. I'm just, so we've got, I'm looking at my screen right now. It's you and I. And then I've got two screens down here that are Emily, who's basically just writing shotgun producing in the background. That could be my financial advisor, Casey, my CPA, Mm -hmm. my estate planning attorney. You could literally run a digital family office that would be so much more convenient for a guy that's really busy. That's a business owner. Let's just converge all online. Let's knock this thing out. Let's coordinate. Okay, cool. On to the next one. Mm -hmm. I, I just think there's so many opportunities The other thing I think too, back to the seminar becoming a webinar, so Zoom allows you to do polls. And so the other day, one of the questions I asked because we were doing a how-to kind of a Zoom 101 for those advisors that weren't familiar with it, I threw up a quiz question, who here has used Zoom before? I think it was 65% had used Zoom, 35% had not. But that's stuff that you can't actually do in a seminar. So This Mm -hmm. tool brings some interesting things where you could literally, if you're doing a webinar, live poll the audience. Hey, who out there is concerned about the economy right now and the coronavirus? Yes or no? Oh, wow. 80% of the audience is concerned. Let's talk about that. So there's some really cool tools, I think, as people get more comfortable with being able to go here. It's going to open up things they never even thought about in how they market and how they meet with people and how they deliver high-end financial planning. Okay, so let's go to this $10 million client that you're just onboarding never met him. So you've got the appointment process via Zoom. You can do screen shares, you can do whiteboards, all of that on here. Um, do you Are you using any sort of tablet or whiteboard drawing to deliver anything or is it all kind of powerpoint based how how are you delivering your your content that you typically deliver in person well we're going to use all of the
0: typical planning tools that we would use in office but then we use a wacom tablet some say wacom but w a c o m uh, has been a tablet that i've been using i've been using that same tablet since i don't know probably about 10 years and all of our individual advisors have their Wacom tablets uh, that they'll use. And that is, I mean, it's better than... I, I was just talking to the guys on Monday, I'm like, you guys need to utilize this more because you know, we've got uh, smart boards in every conference room. If you guys can use a smart board, then you should all be using the heck out of this virtual whiteboard because it's actually substantially easier and more effective, I think, than actually using a smart board and also a, a whiteboard for that matter because you know we can pull up you know, our sketchbook and we can sketch out anything that we want. And then you can set that aside into a different quadrant of the screen, right? So you can put that in the top left, put another one in the top right, and then we save those to the client files. So then when we go into mm. the second appointment, and we're going back into that second visit. And as we get started, we're going to go ahead and pull up the whiteboards that we drew in the previous visit and say, Hey, here are the things that we talked about last time. Let's get another one going so then we've got a new whiteboard that we're working on and by the time we're getting the plan delivery you know it's just going back and looking at each one of those whiteboards and we can see this this progression of the plan from very high level to the ultimate product the end product and i really like doing that i think it's so much easier than trying to use a smart board or a whiteboard and taking pictures of it
1: so I want to make sure I got that this is new to me. I'm glad you're sharing this. W A K O M W A C O M W A C O M. Yeah there,
0: there's okay. there's some different ones out there that is consistently is it, rated you just the just buy them best on Amazon one. or where are you getting? You can them just buy them on Amazon. That's what I've done. Uh the first one that I bought was around $300, but now you can get them for like 60 bucks. And yeah, you, know, you can get them for 50, 60 bucks uh, and they're incredibly
1: effective. And so I understand the tool. This is like a mouse pad tablet that has a digital pen that you can draw on, and then it's of course got its software that just you're pulling up on the screen.
0: Yep, Uh, it's actually uh, designed for you know artists, designers, painters, things like that. So it's wow. more of an artistic tool, but uh, it's very effective for what we're using it for. You can you know, very easily change colors, shades, and, and we all know how effective color is in uh, transferring a concept or idea to someone else. And usually, you know, if you got a whiteboard, you got to sit there and flip through the different markers. You got a smart board, mm-hmm. you got to hold buttons
1: down and try to get to the next one. Uh, it's much easier than that. Awesome. Okay, let's go to you're typically a at the end of a second visit. If they say, yes, I want you to custom build a plan for me, right? That's kind right. of where in your process. Mm-hmm. Okay, how have you transitioned? Because many advisors are sitting out there they're like, well, typically in my office, that's a stack of paperwork that <laughs> I then have my assistant come in and start to go through. How have you transitioned that from old school pen and paper to uh, digital? and being able to do it over the internet. Well, most brokerage houses,
0: custodians are going to allow you to do uh, electronic signatures today. And I think another benefit of seeing you know what's going on out there with uh, the isolation, people working remotely, is we're going to see everything get much easier online, much quicker. So we're going to see a lot more DocuSign use, a lot more uh, e-app use than we have in the past. So the whole I mean, the whole economy in that way uh, really starts running much more efficiently and our business starts running much more efficiently as well. So we're sending out uh, those electronic signatures and having them just take a picture of their driver's license and send it over. So it's... Really, arguably, again, easier than doing it face to face with paper. And then you have to go, you've got to, you know, print off the paper. Then you've got to mm-hmm. come in, you've got to convince them to hand you your driver's license. Then you got to walk out of the room, take a copy. You know, no, just uh, go ahead and snap a shot of your driver's license, you know, email it over, text it to us, and, and uh, we're going to send you over a quick uh, a signature. All you have to do is click a couple places, and, uh,
1: you know, we're good. So the tools to make sure I catch them, you're using DocuSign. And where are you holding the assets? Fidelity T what, D, what's your go to on your side? Uh, we use Fidelity. Fidelity. Okay. Yeah, and I know so TD Fidelity. has a good tool there as well. Fidelity is just linking up with your DocuSign where you're seeing yeah, whatever. I, I am
0: going to be careful here, as I said, I don't really run the business for you know yeah. that, that piece of the business much anymore. But <laughs> I did, I spoke with our uh, client service team lead uh, this Monday and just said, "Hey, I want to make sure we've got all the ducks in the row, so all the guys can go ahead and run with the electronic signatures on the ACATS." And she said, "Yeah, we're good to go." So that's about all the information I needed to know.
1: Yeah. So basically, an electronic signature software. DocuSign, I think, is essentially the industry standard. Make sure that's obviously hitting all of the rules and compliance and suitability. We, we all know we live mm-hmm. in that world. So make sure that you're running that by Fidelity TD, wherever you're clearing your assets through. And then, of course, on the insurance side, on our side of the world, that's Firelight. That's the e-app that, that's synced up there. That's actually uh, pretty seamless from, from what I've heard. Okay, cool. Anything else as far as Call it making them a client and delivering the value, your client deliverable virtually versus in person that if you're an advisor out there trying to transition to this, that you would want to make sure to think about or make sure you check the box on this. No, I I think, you know, for us, that proprietary planning process as well as the
0: deliverable is a very key part of the whole sales process. And so that's also operating the same way online. The only difference is, you know, you have to make sure that the document that you're creating lives online, evolves into a PDF upon delivery of the plan, as well as having the ability to docusign. So um, docusign that particular document, you know, in office at the end of that second visit. We're going to review where they're at today, what those goals are, the gaps in the plan, how we're going to solve it. And then we're going to go through our disclosures of conflicts, of interest, fees, expenses, things like that. And then they're going to go ahead and physically sign that document. And that is how we're kicking off the relationship, right? So Mm -hmm. that is the initiation of the relationship before we get to any type of ACAT documents. When does that happen? End of the first or? End of the second visit, they're going to sign off on that. And that really hires us, right? And so online, you just have to have that same process, but you're going to need that PDF to be able to be converted to a DocuSign so that you are sending that to them. Click here. All right, we're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and send you a couple other documents over to go ahead and, and get the process started. So I think having that planning document when they're signing off on the plan and the disclosures getting that signed is a smaller hurdle than getting a you know a very heavy fidelity kind of app right so a a fidelity app or a td ameritrade app I mean, there's a lot of little disclosures and you know it just looks really kind of stuffy and it can be a little scary more intimidating i think and so taking some of those small hurdles before we get to that i think is key it's it's kind of the same thing we're doing throughout our whole process is we're continually confirming and getting that prospect to say yes so does this make sense yes do you think we're heading the right direction yes so by the time we get to all right does everything sound good all right i need you click that, click this. Does that sound good? Yes. And so it's hard to say no after you've said yes so many times because we've hit all these little hurdles. And I think having them sign off on that deliverable document before they get to an ACAT document is just, you know, furthering that that whole process of finding
1: small hurdles before the big one. And in that process are your advisors sending that document over while they're still connected on Zoom? So like, hey, did you receive that? Okay, go ahead and pull that up and kind of walking them through it. Or is it, yes. you'll yeah, get it that in inbox.
0: How, that that document is you know, one that has already been completed online. So we're looking at it online and then we're sending that over to them for signature
1: Got while it. we're online. So one thing we completely skipped over, I want to circle back around. Let's go to the traditional live event you would do a seminar and then someone on your team would go around and you know book appointments and whatever your calendaring service is, whether popping up a laptop or old school paper. That obviously changes when you're running a podcast and people are going to a website or you're running a webinar and people are now trying to book their time slot. How have you all solved that problem? well honestly uh, I don't think we have uh, I think we have
0: the solution, but we haven't had the implementation yet so up until this point, the way we've been running our webinars you know people are in you know, we're asking them to email us or call us mm-hmm. and so they're emailing or calling and then we are scheduling at that point right so right now we're making a transition to uh, a new crm in conjunction to calendly mm-hmm. so they'll yeah. be able to go ahead and schedule that immediately during or after the webinar has completed we have already uh, begun that transition and we should have that completed here in the next couple of weeks And I think that's going to be very helpful. It's also going to be helpful from a call center standpoint. Uh, We have uh, now outsourced, you know, after hours calls to a call center. And that call center has been, it's been massively helpful. I I I had no idea how many appointments and calls were falling through the cracks, especially the national calls of individuals that are in different time zones when we're after hours or before hours or over the weekend. And so you know, I was really initially concerned to transition to a call center, for instance, because I was afraid we were going to um, not have our brand represented well. And we weren't going to have someone that could go ahead and do the job, get things scheduled. And so far, it's been more than a break even it's been a big benefit even though the even though those individuals you know aren't on our team uh, we're still gathering more detailed information than we ever have before and we're picking up a lot of lost leads along the way our next stage there will be uh, that implementation of Calendly and the CRM so that that call center rep can go ahead and schedule that appointment at that time. Because that is a huge gap in the process. If you don't have the ability to immediately schedule without any hurdles, you will lose people. And I know we are at this point, but hey, we're headed towards a a good
1: solution. Yeah. So we use Calendly. Um, It's cool you went there. We didn't do an exhaustive search, but Michelle and my team checked out two or three different services and Calendly was the one we settled on uh, for a few different reasons. I know it integrated well with just about every calendaring service. I know it was super flexible, so you could set different time blocks. You could even set, you know, here's the gap I want, the minimum Mm -hmm. gap between appointments and then the other thing that's really cool, going back to, the, you know, everybody could come out of this with more efficient systems. Yeah. As long as they put their mobile phone number in, it will actually text them appointment reminders.
0: Yeah. Uh, this them. is huge. This is huge yeah. for us from that standpoint as well, scheduling reviews. You know, right now our staff spends a ridiculous amount of hours, you know, reaching out to people and trying to schedule reviews, you know, making calls, making calls again, making calls again, mm-hmm. repeatedly calling people that are already clients. That aren't picking up the phone, that aren't calling us back, and we're trying to do them a service by getting them in the office so that we can conduct a financial planning review with them. They're spending hours upon hours conducting those phone calls, and in conjunction, you know, they're calling three times, then they're sending you know a couple of emails as well, then they're sending a letter. You know, instead, now we're going to take all of those schedule all the scheduling of reviews is all going online via email, so they will get an email email and they can go ahead and select their appointment time. And then they're automatically going to get those SMS reminders moving forward. It's really going
1: to help us with efficiency from a review standpoint. Awesome. I want to make sure I got this because I know different offices are different. So when they're scheduling that Calendly link, let's just say it's your webinar that you're getting ready to, to knock out. So they're on there. They're like, hey, Casey has a good point. I'm going to connect with his team. Does that Calendly link is that a calendar for your appointment setter that that's going directly on his or her so she can go through and now do whatever qualifying process? Or is that a calendar link that's going to go direct to one of your advisor's individual calendars?
0: That'll go directly to the advisor's calendar. And then we will reach out to screen after it's already been placed. So I think the most important thing in here is just get it scheduled. We can do the screening later. And also in that realm, we don't do a lot of you know screening you know, part of uh, our brand is, uh, and everybody in our team knows that we stand in a position where we're here to provide value to every single person that we possibly can. You know, we know we can't work with everyone, but we can't help everyone. So, if we have, I mean, I looked at the calendar this morning. We've got some uh, do not quali- DNQ or did not qualify appointments on some of our advisors' calendar, and they're going to take those appointments and they're going to spend an hour with those people. They're going to add value to their life. And now, are we going to take them on as a client? Absolutely not. Is it going to take up some of their time? Yeah, but uh, we feel as a brand that that's part of our service. So it, whether we screen them or not, it really doesn't matter because we can do the screening on the back end more for tracking purposes than trying to screen out people that are going to be yeah. profitable. Yeah, I, right. and I can stay on this uh, pet a little bit yeah. longer because that's how we've, you know part of the reason I think we've felt such a good name in the community is everyone knows Howard Bailey's here to help. You know, we are here to help anyone and everyone, regardless of whether they're hundred thousand dollars in debt or they've got ten million dollars to their name.
1: Yeah, I've been on Twitter probably more so than I normally am, just with all this coronavirus. That's like my newspaper to get updates and and figure out what's going on in the world. And I've seen I've seen some really cool posts from some advisors out there where they said, "Hey, you know, crazy times right now." I literally cleared my friday afternoon and it's open office hours however i can help i don't care if you have a dollar if you have 10 million dollars to your point i'm here to help if you need somebody to talk to about your finances or what's going on and in fact that's one of the reasons i wanted to do this conversation with you casey i'm getting blown up like hey how do i convert to digital appointments or virtual appointments how do i take these seminars that i've built my whole business on and convert that to a webinar that I have no clue how to do. So I was like, Mm -hmm. well, number one, I'm going to do a podcast on it. And number two, I'm going to get a case study and a dude that I know is a little further down the path than most guys are, which is why I asked you to come on. So I appreciate that. But I'm also, I think I'm going to just do some open office hours. And when I launch this, I'll probably just say, hey, here's a free webinar for anybody that wants to attend. And whether you can end up being a client of Advisors Excel or not, just offer service. And... Dan Kennedy, who runs Strategic Coach, that's one of the things he talks about. He wrote a kind of a famous post uh, around 9/11 when things were crazy, and one of them was, you know, during difficult times, as opposed to focusing inward, me, 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 kind of the scarcity mindset. I think kind of naturally, people when they get scared, they want to go to. If you look outwards and say, "How can I serve others?", that's going to get you out of this funk and make sure you're aligned for success as as everybody kind of navigates the uncharted waters. So. I love that approach. And that's one of the reasons you all have been successful. And I planning on mirroring much of that on my side as well. All right, my man. So I know you're a busy guy. And I know, I think you have a TV appearance after this, right?
0: Uh, we do. We've had the local affiliates in both our markets reach out to uh, uh, just interview uh, me around what's going on in the markets. And the, the interesting thing is I am in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I, I went ahead and had That interview with the local affiliates here earlier this week. However, now today, I'm going to be doing a Zoom meeting with Hmm. uh, the ABC affiliate in the South Bend market. And so everybody's getting on the Zoom train and they're getting pretty comfortable
1: with this. So it's a neat thing. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. I mean, guys that would typically go to a TV studio, I mean, TV studios are dealing with the same thing the rest of us are where, hey, we're social distancing at kind of everybody following suit there. So I think you'll see a lot of media start to go to this tool as well. I think that's a good point. All right. Do we have a couple minutes for some philosophical questions as we wrap here? Yeah, I'm good with
0: whatever you want to
1: talk about, Brad. I'm here for you. <laughs> well, let's, let's go here. One of the things that I love about this business is, number one, I'm passionate about it. But over time, business relationships become friendships. And one of the things that I, I admire a lot that you do on the business front, but it doesn't touch how you show up as a dad and a husband. And I know we're both go to John Broman's dad's retreat and have spent time there and because that's important to both of us. So let's go to those advisors out there that are parents as well right now, or maybe they even have parents that they're you know, concerned about as all of this unfolds with the coronavirus. What has this changed the way you view being a dad, husband, potentially being confined to your home over the next month or two with just your crew? What sort of conversations are you having with your kids, your wife, just as you approach this? Yeah, well, our kids are three and five, so they just think this is a party right now. They
0: get to hang out with mom and dad most <laughs> days, so you know, and it really hasn't changed a whole lot, you know, in our family life. I, I think we've done a lot of work to make sure that we could be there for our kids and each other. And you know, I I grew up and I had a great dad, okay, but yeah, he was a hardworking guy, just like me. But he was he worked a lot throughout my childhood. And I remember him not, you know, being able to be there a lot for different things. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when he was studying for a series sixty-five, and I you know, interrupted him, and uh, I got a spanking for that. That was uh, one of the very few spankings that you know really stuck with me. But that one I never forgot. You know, Dad just he couldn't play because he was working, and so for me it was always about you know I, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can so that by the time that we have kids, you know, I can be there for everything. I'm going to be there for all the games. Uh, I'm going to be there to spend one-on-one time together and yeah you know, so we've we've built that into our schedule we know you know i know that you know i know when our you know family board meetings are going to be um, i know when our date nights are going to be we're we're very structured and regimented i would say the only thing that you know this probably changes is we're just getting a little bit more structured at home given that the kids are there all day you know, we have to make sure it's okay and and i think the neat thing is Man, they're they're killing it at home. I mean, they've been going to school, and now we took them home. I would say, you know, my wife and I were just talking about this this morning. There's a good chance we really follow through with this homeschooling thing because these two are just becoming best friends. They used to fight all the time. Now it seems like they just love playing with each other. They're having a blast with one another at home, and I love seeing that. And I love not rushing around in the morning, being stressed out to get the kids ready, get them to school, you know, that we don't have to do that anymore. Now we, we take it easy and they are getting up. They're making their beds for the first time ever. Uh, they're brushing their teeth in the morning, which is always, you know, a challenge and they're getting themselves dressed on their own in the morning and. Then they're following on through with, you know, whatever their teaching regimen is for the day. And we spend just an incredible amount of time outside. I think we spent, yeah, rather than teaching too much yesterday, we spent probably four and a half hours outside. Uh, so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good things that are coming out of this
1: overall. So I'm fortunate my wife used to be a grade school teacher before she stayed home when we had our first one. And to your point. So nine, eight, and four. And our kids are just loving this. They're so like, oh, mom and dad are just home all day. <laughs> and and it's one of those things back to what does this make possible? You look at the limited time you have with children if you really do the math. You know, Jim Shields, who speaking of family board meetings, wrote that book. I know he's got a program called 18 Summers because you get 18 Summers with your kids before they're off to their life adventures. And just think about all of the time we just won back with our kids during this short time period and how can you make the Mm -hmm. most of it? And it was that same experience you just talked about. So our two oldest, they're 16 months apart. So they've, they've battled over the years, but yesterday there's this program, Zern. It's like a math program that you do. Yeah. I think that's the name of it on computers. And they're literally both there at the, at the Island in the kitchen, like side by side, like looking over and like just learning And actually getting along, and it was a very proud dad moment. So yeah,
0: I mean, what's going on? All of a sudden, these guys are getting along. They're you know enjoying learning. They're doing their chores, and maybe there is something this homeschooling thing, and just being there with your kids as much as you possibly can. Not just doing the you know morning and then you know the the evening thing, but really being there to to coach them and teach them about life.
1: I think that will be one thing that will come out of it. We've kind of rolled in a bunch of entrepreneurial groups where I think homeschooling, the percentage in there is very high from a lot of entrepreneurs that, that we've crossed paths with. I think you'll see a huge spike in homeschooling. Well, assuming they don't kill their kids from being confined for for two months in the same home. But I think you probably will see a spike of homeschooling as people kind of start to get into a different routine coming out of this. So we'll see how it plays out. All right. So let's go one final question here and let's get you on to the rest of your day. So looking back, and I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture here because I remember meeting a very young Casey Weed. You spoke to your dad. You grew up in this business. Well, I think What's the youngest age you remember going on a house call? It would have been probably in that 13 to 15 range. Wow. Okay. So that's growing up in the business. And I I remember, I think the first time we met, it was at some, some random hotel, some gym at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning. And there's this, I think you were probably 18 at the time, just hammering out. It was definitely arms. I know it wasn't leg. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hammer, hammering out an arm workout so, somewhere. And I just remember, I was like, wow, this, this is a disciplined kid. You know, most 18 year olds aren't getting up and hammering out the weights first thing in the morning, but you, you've kind of always had that discipline, that regimen, a guy that's, you know, you know what you want to get. And you're like, what are the steps that it's going to take to get there? So looking back and obviously knowing this as an audience of financial advisors, if you could pinpoint, here's the one thing that I could share that's led to my success to this point with the rest of the audience, what would that be? Well, I'm going to take this back to my childhood.
0: I grew up with two parents that were uh, pretty driven uh, themselves and, you know, in a lot of different ways, you know, they were always in the gym. I was always seeing them work out and I was also seeing them work. And like I said, you know, seeing dad doing a series 65, you know, Maybe that was a negative experience at the time, but I saw him work, right? And he largely, he he spent a lot of his time working from home. Mom did uh, quite a bit of work on her own as well. They owned, they were serial entrepreneurs you could call. Uh, So I saw them in a lot of different businesses. And then uh, sports was something that, you know, dad just really pushed hard uh, with me. And I ended up going to... I I went to a lot of different golf schools, worked with a lot of uh, sports psychologists. I went to school at IMG Academies for a while, which is a sports academy. You're also going to school full-time as well uh, within a sports academy like that. And I, I always looked at that particular experience is the one that really kicked off you know my discipline engine for me because I knew you know in the morning I've got to wake up and I've got to get my workout in, then I've got to go get my breakfast in, I've got to visit with a nutritionist, make sure I did it right. From there I've got to go to the driving range and I've got to, you know, spend two or three hours with a coach. After that, I've got to be with sports psychologist, then I've got to go take a class at school and I've got to go play nine or 18 holes. And then, you know, I'm going back and getting back in the gym, then I'm doing homework the rest of the night. Yeah, that was an experience that really taught me the value in discipline, especially being uh, surrounded with so many different, highly disciplined, very successful athletes. Uh, It was a fantastic experience for me growing up. So I think for me growing up, that was really key. And I would kind of point to that from a discipline standpoint. What age was that at? Uh that would have been well, maybe not quite a little older than that maybe. So it would have been when I was a little, uh, little older a, than this guy here. Yeah, sophomore.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, Casey, I just wanna as we wrap here, I wanna thank you for just carving out some time. I know it's a little bit crazy out there, whether it's interviews or running a firm or adapting to kind of the changing rules that we've got going on here in financial services. So as always, man, over delivered. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge here and, uh, Look forward to the next Zoom conversation we're going to be having. Yeah. Probably won't be in person for a while.
0: Oh, yeah. And yeah, I just want to say, everybody, this is just an incredible opportunity. Take full advantage of it. I have been recording since Monday morning. So I have been in constant recordings in some way, shape, or form from Monday through Wednesday afternoon here. I'll continue to record until you know the end of the day Wednesday. So I'm going to have three full days of recording, putting out as much content as I can possibly pump out. Because you know, when I look at our ROIs, you, know, you got to take full advantage of this. Anything that's digital for us is in the double-digit ROIs. And you know, if we look at our other marketing outlets, look at seminars, which is pretty core, you know, we're in that 3 to $4 range per dollar spent. And if we can get you know, $10, 20 $30 for every dollar we're putting in, it's going to be well worth your time to get over this hump and figure it out. It'll change your business. It'll change your life. And I wish the best
1: for everyone. Until next time, Brad. All right, Casey. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. See you, buddy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint. For access to show notes, transcripts, and exclusive content from our show's guests, visit bradleyjohnson.com. And before you go, I've got a quick favor to ask. If you're liking the podcast, you can help support the show by leaving your rating and review on iTunes. Not only do we read every single comment, but this will help the show rank and get discovered by new listeners. It really does help. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode.
0: The information and opinions contained here